Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is a uh, another of the bonus Ask Pip podcasts. I said I wasn't sure if I'd get ch- a chance to record one, and I have. I'm recording it in London, in a park, in a little park. It might be a bit windy, there might be some traffic and some building noise, but I'm hoping it all records okay. But I'm in, I'm in a park that I did, I did a photo shoot ages ago. Look, is that wind going to... I mess things up. I think it just just sounds nice because of the good wind guard I've got on. It's called Redhead. Someone asked the question after the last podcast. Um, Redhead. They're called. Yeah, I mean, I did a, a photo shoot ages ago for either the Guardian or Independent. It was about the podcast actually, I think. And I had a photo of me me looking pensive or quizzical in front of a load of letters of the alphabet and that was actually in a kids playground which is in the park I'm in which is behind Odeon uh, the Covent Garden Odeon yeah I'm, I've, I've got I, I, I'll tell you what I've been up to I, uh, I've been as you know I've been filming in France if you heard the last Ask Pip and I popped I had three days off and I popped home and I recorded a podcast and I had a couple of important meetings um, and then Today I had to shoot a film, shoot a scene for a film that I did earlier in the year called Walk Like a Panther with previous Distraction Pieces guests, um, Stephen Graham, Dave Johns, Neil Fitzmorris, Chris Fairbank, Rob Parker and future Distraction Pieces podcast guests in Gus Khan who's got a new series out soon on the BBC and he's on Love at the Apollo and he's great he's my partner in uh, in Walk Like a Panther we're both called called Terry I will tell you no more and El- Elena Hedy who's going to be on soon so, so, so they're all in this film and we had to, sh- to shoot an extra scene today this morning had to be in at had to get picked up at 6.15 and yeah head in for that and then later today I need to get the train to Paris to continue shooting the other film and because this morning went swiftly and we nailed our scenes I've got a couple of hours gap in between the filming and the train and since I don't like relaxing or resting I figured that would be a great time to record a little Ask Pip for you so I'll get into that I should first mention that if you listen to this on the Friday tomorrow night is our last we are lizards of the year at the book club in hoxton so come along to that 8 p.m till 2 a.m i'll be there all night i'll sign stuff i'll chat to you i'll have photos just come and say hello i'll just be about just having a regular night just i'll be djing in a a rubber lizard mask i say a regular night um and yeah that's going to be good fun and also i need to tell you about speech development records.com christmas is coming in fact if this comes out on friday it's black friday I'm not sure, in short, I'm not sure when this is coming out, because although I brought my recording equipment, I've been forgetful. I've been a right um, alphabetty forgetty, and I've left my laptop at home f- for this trip. So I don't know if I'll be able to s- send this. It'll depend if anyone at the hotel has got a spare laptop that I can just quickly hop on and send this. So apologies that my palms are sweaty knees weak. And I've been forgetty. I can't remember the rest of the palms are sweaty, knees weak, um, it's, I don't know. That M M line. Alphabetty spaghetti. Um 
It's not alphabet. I know it's not alphabet spaghetti, so don't correct me. But yeah, anyway, if this comes out on Black Friday, then my advert here normally for speechdevelopmentrecords.com is null and void because Black Friday is the one day of the year I close on my web store. I do a post about it, and I have some people going, "Oh, you're just trying to be righteous." And it's like, I'm not. I just honestly, I'm not into Black Friday. Uh, I'm fine if other people are. A lot of independents use it as a great way of shifting overstocks and stuff like that. I think that's cool. But in my web store, I honestly, I don't mark stuff up enough to take tons of money off. And I don't, I like taking money off. It's something in the last few years that's changed in me that I want to pay good money for good products and services. We, we, we have a, a discount culture these days and we all want something for nothing or something for less and i've kind of i'm growing away from that just personally um and that that goes into the web store as well i don't i don't mark things up enough to have a 70 percent off sale or a 50 percent off sale i don't double the price of things but so yeah i do small runs of hopefully cool stuff and i sling a little bit on top to make to pay my bills and that so but yeah so normally I'd say head to speechdevelopmentrecords.com, but it could be closed if you're listening on Friday. Um, but we have just stocked up on a load of T-shirts, and we've done double XL and triple XL in a few sizes. And people often ask about that, and it's often as, as something that we can't do because, again, it's limited amounts. There's a smaller amount, and there's an extra cost. But yeah, we did some as a little Christmas treat for y'all. So speechdevelopmentrecords.com, unless it's Friday. Or unless it's Black Friday, in which case it'll be closed. Let's get on to your questions. So, um, buddy, peace. Hit my theme tune. Right, question number one. Damon Gage Lecco. Hey, Pip, first of all, I really appreciate your music and your podcast, but here's a question. Do you plan on... Do you have plans to get another album or more music? I would buy it immediately. That's wicked, because that answers the question. I know I've answered this a lot, so for those who are listening to me repeat myself, I apologise. I've answered it online a lot and on the podcast a lot, but that's exactly why I'm not releasing any music at the moment. Because at the moment... I've not particularly got anything... I've not been inspired to write any music. I know that if I wanted to make some money, I could record an album. I can write at any time. But I could record an album and put it out. And as quoted by Damon, there's a certain amount of people that would buy it immediately. But I think the mistake that people make when... And again, apologies for repeating myself, but when people say they want new music from me, they're, they're mistaken. They want good new music from me. And that's all I'm willing to put out. At the moment, I've got five albums, two books and a live DVD, and I'm dead proud of all of them. If I never release anything again, I'm still dead proud of that back catalogue, so I'd rather leave it at that than add some substandard shit to it. I Personally, and and it's all individual taste, but Repent, Replenish, Repeat, and my Distraction Pieces album are my two favourite albums, and Repent was the last album we made, so... They're the ones I'm proudest of. Obviously, I love angles, I love logic, I love no commercial breaks, but and the live ones and that. But they're the two that I love the most. So, 
the fact that that's what I'm going out on at the moment as a solo artist my, my last solo album was Distraction Pieces and as a artist with Dan Lesac my last album was Replenish a Repeat so I'd rather leave it at that and go out on a high than keep churning out the music to make money as, as I said it's, it's down to, to, to motivation as well a lot of the stuff that's exciting me at the moment is acting and is writing and is recording podcasts and doing all these other cool things I get to do so they're at the forefront and they um, they may continue there um, Rob Taylor besides your own do you recommend any other decent podcasts I've answered this one haven't I my bad yeah the the recommends are at the end of the podcast now Pips Pod Picks um, a few people have said they haven't heard them the way my adverts work is they're not on every podcast but they go out to a good percentage it's basically to give some rotation so sometimes you won't have them in your ears um, but yeah they are at the end Pips Pod Picks stick around at the end and you should hear one Daniel Tofang Sazan <laughs> I don't know what that I, I, I might have done that wrong is university a valid option to go into the arts or is it the motivation to get up and create more important to you um, I'm no expert on this and I don't think anyone's an expert on it I think it's all down to the individual right I'd say certain people would hugely benefit from going to university for the arts and certain would just be treading water and kind of potentially using it as an excuse to, to, to not just just get off their arse and jump into it properly as a career but again that's 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 certain um it's not everyone individual choice i'm i'm, I'm speeding through some of these so this might be a short one but i want to there's a few where it's, it's it's repeating stuff so i'm just getting it uh, when are you coming to detroit this is a regular question not with detroit specifically but people no matter how much i talk about it people don't don't realize i'm not touring or doing uh, live shows and i'll always say that I, I don't really take holidays either i've had three holidays in the last 10 years i think also i have to mention that i'm something of a recluse and don't particularly look to just go out and hang out with strangers so when i respond to these posts by saying i have no reason to go to detroit it's not an insult I just don't. <laughs> if <laughs> if I wanted to go out and just hang out with some strangers, I I probably wouldn't get on a flight there. I almost went to, to, to Detroit, and if I go anywhere to see people, Detroit is on the list because uh, my boy Wes Borland and his lovely wife are out there. So I want to do some stuff with them at some point. So that's on my list. Anyway, Tom Joey McCullen. What was the last thing that? you really had your perspective changed on and what brought that change oh i don't really know i think it's important to have your perspectives changed all the time um be firm with your beliefs but not married to them to the extent that you can't be educated on them podcasts i this year i had a few in a row that had some really interesting ones so i had laurie penny on who's a great writer um a feminist writer amongst other things but she, as she, as she writes a lot about feminist issues. It was a fascinating chat. And I was talking to her on that, that when I put out the swimsuits, they had the sizes. So it said 8, 10, 12, and whatever else. And they also had small, medium, large, extra large, and stuff like that. And someone tweeted me to say, that's that's not necessary. And it's kind of cruel that you're saying... If you're X size, then you're 
large or extra large if you've got and i agreed i took them off i changed it so i just had the numbered sizes because i think people can be oversensitive or over pc on things but that was one that i was like that's fair i've got the sizes there i don't need to add a description as well you know that's crazy but then i was telling sophie hagen about this and she fantastically kind of said how sad that someone saw large as an insult and I was like, shit, that's, that's a valid point too. It's not the l- labelling of clothes that we need to address. It's the, it's the shame attached to certain labels or terms or phrases. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. But, but that's just one thing that comes to mind. I have my mind changed on loads of stuff all the time. It's part of the, f- the fun of it. The, 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 oh, my sight is going off today. Daniel Cotton do you think that no longer working with Dan limits you in respect of the songs from your back catalogue that you can perform live? Apologies if it's a stupid question. I'm yet to make it to a live show, so I don't know what they're like. Well, number one, I'm not touring at the moment, so don't restrict shit. Um, but, But number two, I don't know. I guess it does, but I'm fine with that. All the songs... It's a weird one. My most... The song I'm most known for is Thou Shall Always Kill. The, that also happened to be the first song that we ever put out and the song I've played more than any other song in the world. So I ain't bugging to play that again. I'm fine. I played it a lot. Look at that winds. Oh, beautiful. I hope that sounds nice. There's leaves. The song I'm, I'm second most known for is Introduction. And I've only played that really on one tour because I did the solo tour. I toured that for one year. So I'm itching to play all the solo stuff. And other ones that you know have got over a million views and stuff on youtube are uh, let them come and the struggle and stuff like that so broken promise is a real one that that the the audience often say is a favorite rat race a thousand words all of these all of these are tracks that i've not really played when touring with dan we did a version of introduction on the last tour but yeah in general they've kind of been off 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 the cards through choice i'm sure if i chose to play thou shall always kill that dan wouldn't mind i know in in one of his solo tours at one point he he dropped some of my of, of vocals over stuff and again that's fine it's not like we aren't working together anymore because there's beef that's not the case but equally i would also mention that angles are let from god to man and thou shalt a magician's assistant and five minutes and one or two others all started off as spoken word pieces so angles was on my solo record so i could still do a version of angles if i chose to and not feel that i'm crossing any borders there so yeah it'd be options i guess <clears throat> i like angles as a spoken word piece and magician's assistant and let from god to man so any of them if i wanted to have a spoken word section i could sling that in there so basically, there's no rules. I, I don't feel restriction, but equally, it's not like there's any songs that I'm like, oh, I have to play that. It's more the ones I haven't played. I guess if I did tour, I'd maybe m- miss playing Stunner or You Will See Me or Gold Teeth because they were the ones that we only toured f- for one year. But all the other songs, as much as I l- adore performing them live, I've performed all of them hundreds of times and some of them... F- thousands of times so yeah that's cool man dean reed you've spent 
a good bit of time on Tuesday Night Jaw, so please indulge me with a, a one wrestling question. Who is your breakout star of 2017? That's an interesting one, because I think there's been a lot of breakout stars this year. The first one that jumps to mind is Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate, obviously, but Pete Dunne specifically, because I think he's just... No, or both of them. If I say specifically, it sounds as if I'm hating on one, but Pete Dunne would stand out for me because him and Tyler put on what I believe to be the match of the year in the WWE. He's also been fearsome as the progress champion. Um, and just, yeah, just absolutely a wonderful. Others that come to mind, um, Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss has been fantastic this year and really held her own. Um, Braun Strowman's another one. Alexa and, and Braun were both ones. In fact, Blooming Elias, I'd say. Because um, those three are all ones that, that when they got the call up, I was like, they're not, not ready for main roster at all. But they've come out there and absolutely smashed it and won the crowd over and been amazing. So, yeah, I'd say those four. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people on my list there. Um, but other people that I've kind of seen this year outside the WWE for the first time have been, um, I'd say, J- Jeff Cobb probably just pips it. Keith Lee is close behind him. And CCK, them boys um, have been fantastic. And they're ones I've only seen this year so all of them are on there Isabella Birch Isabella Birch says as an artist I believe a lot of the message of your back catalogue is that your back catalogue tries to give up be the best person you can be try to think independently and critically evaluate society around you and accept slash love who you are warts and all do you feel that making this stance in holding yourself higher morally makes you a target for trolls if yes how does that make you feel that's an interesting one because I I don't particularly have any message in any of my songs I just write stuff <laughs> and, and same with social media I just say stuff um, uh, and I certainly don't agree with the implication of high, of holding myself higher or ab- above anyone I don't believe in that in general f- for people I think I'm literally the absolute best in the world at being me um, and, and knowing uh, what's right for me and my shit but um, I can't purport to know what's best for you know a 40 year old single mother of three you know what I mean I know what's best for me I can't purport to know what's best for um, a young immigrant family have come to this country and are are struggling you know so yeah I don't claim to know more than anyone but trolls are trolls and they're they're good fun I'm big on blocking at the moment I fucking love it (laughs) I I realise that we forget with social media that we invented it and we chose to join it and we control it so I'll block just stuff that isn't to my taste if someone makes a joke that I don't particularly enjoy I'll block them and I don't think it's a big deal because I don't think that following me on social media is some great <laughs> gift to be taken away from you it's just social media it doesn't matter so yeah i'll block stuff just just for uh, uh, with barely a thought because if someone says something that i think the tone isn't to my taste or whatever or it's going to put me in a bad mood or affect my day i'd rather go right that's out of my life and people say oh but that's what they want trolls they want you to block them 
and they want a reaction. And I'm like, wicked then. I don't, <laughs> I've got no beef with this troll. If me blocking him makes me happy and him happy, then that's awesome. That's win-win. I'm cool with someone I don't know being happy. I don't have some weird obsession with he has to be angry or he has to not know or, or whatever else. It's like, you go ahead, mate. You be super happy that I blocked you and I'll be happy that I've chosen to remove that part of, of, of my life. The door that we open to ourselves with social media is a weird one and I guess all I'm saying is we forget that it's it's a door it's not just an opening and doors open and close and you can close them at certain points and open them again at certain points you've got control over that and you opened it and it's your door so you can just block people you can unfollow people you can can do what you want and it's not to do with any issues or beef with people I had someone messaging me on, on Facebook saying hey man you blocked me on Instagram and I said to him, I don't know what I blocked you for, but it'll just be, it won't be anything personal, mate. It'll just be, you made a comment that wasn't to my taste. And I'm still here on Facebook. It's not like I'm like, oh, I need to block him across all means. It's like, you, you commented something on my page and I thought, I don't fancy reading that today. So I'm going to block him and never have to read it again. So yeah, that's, that's, that, that's how I do at the moment. But yeah, I don't, I don't particularly have an issue. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think I get a lot of, tr- of trolls particularly. I engage... With, what people don't realise is if you look on my Facebook and that, I engage with people who are nice and people who are nasty. But the people who are nasty tend to respond more and therefore there's more of a back and forth. And therefore, with the way f- that Facebook works, that comment then goes to the top of the, the list. So when you're looking at it, it looks like I'm just having this big rouse all the time. <laughs> And it's not. I just have little conversations. And and they are what they are. Anyway. Enough time on that, you troll. Not really. I still look like I'm talking into a troll, by the way. If you heard the last one, this... The windshield thing I mentioned, it looks like a big fuzzy troll's head. Like, remember, a, tr- a troll dolls. So people walking past and looking at me, just sitting on a bench, talking to a troll. It's pretty cool. Steve Montague... If someone offered you a fry-up, would you accept it? Or would you expect it to have baked beans on? Um, as a follow-up, how much custodial time do you think is fitting to people who serve non-beans fried breakfast? I think you're crazy, Stuart. I like beans on a fried breakfast. I've not had a fried breakfast in about five to ten, ten years, I don't think, because I'm not really that into them. But if I do have one, I look at what's on it. I've never seen anywhere just say f- fried breakfast and no description. But they could just serve you a, a battered sausage or a bit of cod, cod and chips, and a, a fried, a deep fried Mars bar. You know, they always list what's on there. So just relax. And if it's not for you, then don't have it. You're, you're, you're getting out of control, Stuart. Calm yourself. Megan Cook. Will there be another roundup of the year drunk cast? And please, can you do another drunken game of Guess Who? As that had me rolling in laughter. M- Megan, my dear, there will indeed. And we've just confirmed a date. So, this time, along with m- me, Stu, and Chris, I'm adding all the Tuesday night draw crew. All the Tuesday night draw crew, all the distraction pieces n- network crew. So, so, Dr. Susie Gage will be there. And she'll be. I think she's going to try and get a breathalyzer and she's going to be doing 
different scientific cognitive behaviour tests throughout to check our levels. Jason Reed will be there of the Stop and Search podcast. Um, John Harris will be there, who runs the social media for a lot of the distraction pieces stuff and makes the, the cool little videos. He's going to be there as our, um, you know, on the fighter and the kid, they have chin, and on Rogan, he has Jamie. Essentially, someone who's there to, to look stuff up on the computer and verify stuff for us and throw things into the mix. Um, and then we're also going to have Jim Smallman of Tuesday Night Jaw. And Jim Smallman is teetotal. He's, stri- he's, he's straight edge. So... To drink on behalf of Jim Smallman, we're going to have wrestling legend Jimmy Havoc, who likes a drink. So, yeah, I'm really excited about this. It's going to be a hell of a time. So, check that out. That's going to be... They should be coming out around, I think, December 20th. I'll drop the first one, and then we'll see the rest from there. Aaron Thomas. How many Ben and Jerry's tubs in a week is acceptable? That's up to you, my man. I once was home... For just over, a, just under two days, and I got through three tubs because I'd been touring a lot and it'd been tough. And I had a tub in the fridge, and then I ate it when I got in, and I woke up and ate more. I generally do a tub in a sitting. That's just, that's generally how I work. I don't I don't mess about. I put it into a bowl. I like ice cream out of a bowl, but I'll put half of the tub into a bowl. I'll eat that, and then I'll go. Probably best go get the other half. Um, so as many tubs as you want, man. I cut down myself because of health reasons. I, uh, ice cream I don't have a limit on and it's not that good for you is it and I try and keep healthy when we did the summer merch I was in them and a lot of people commented in the photos that um, I had abs and Jim Small I, I was obsessed with this so I felt because those photos are out there I felt a moral responsibility to keep in that shape or better shape so abs to that level or greater because uh, <laughs> otherwise I feel like I'm lying that I've said to you I've got in shape for one day of the year I've taken a photo of it and then gone ah. so yeah health stuff Phil Streeter when did you get the acting bug or was it always something you wanted to do growing up or was it a more recent thing have I answered this I think I answered this on the last one didn't I because I was trying to find this question and I couldn't I'll answer it briefly in case I didn't um, I've always been I've always wanted to act. Before I started doing music, um, me and my mates would try and make little short films and stuff like that. Um, And then even when I was in between the second and third album with Dan Lassac, me and my mates shot a load of a film. And yeah, I like it. I love it. I hope to get better and better at it. Ash Bolton. I was at Leeds Fest 2012 when Neil Armstrong died. Are you, are you performed astronaut in tribute, complete with backpack, jetpack? Backpack, jetpack. Had you performed this life before? With it being a Yilla collab, just curious if it has been seen live before that day. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry to crush to crush your dreams here, but we did that on, that, on the whole tour. It just meant more on that day. And he got a bigger cheer because of that. But yeah, again, you've got to bear in mind on that tour, it was a solo tour. It, 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 it goes back to that question earlier. It was a solo tour, and I didn't play any of the stuff off mine and Dan's records. So I had one, I had two, two solo records to play with on a few different little uh, individual tracks. I like Astronaut. Again, if I, was, if I tour again, it'll be solo. 
and me and Dan have had an amazing run and we've we've drawn a line under that and it's beautiful so if I tour again it'll be because I've got a new solo record and I need to play these songs to people but equally I'd also get to play No Nimbus and No Whimpers which are songs I've not played live so yeah there's loads James Clay if you could sit 500 people in a cinema to watch one film which film would you choose and why well a load although I probably wouldn't I, I, a lot of you will know I used to have a film night at the Prince Charles Cinema and the point of that was getting a load of people to, to sit and watch films that they maybe hadn't seen the first film I screened was Time Crimes and that was a busy one I love Time Crimes that's a great film um, that was one of the busiest Super Bob was one of the busiest Irreversible was one of the busiest so yeah so, some really busy ones so yeah I'd, I'd, there's loads of films anything enjoy films enjoy the cinema speaking of which Matt Raymond how much Ben and Jerry's per film c- cinema versus home good question so as I've revealed at home if I'm eating I'm eating a tub and that is a fact whereas at the cinema it's a free scoop and we've discussed this for anyone who's thinking this is sponsored by Ben and Jerry's it's not I'm just a big fan of Ben and Jerry's and I had a podcast with them but I've been going on about them for years I like their ice cream I eat a lot of it and at the, at the cinema I've got a free scoop process which I've described before the first scoop in the tub has to be chocolate fudge brownie that is followed by peanut buttercup and then on top of that is whatever the current there's clever cookies there's cookie dough mix up um, or whatever the cookie one is at that point so yeah that's that's my that's my process Andrew Wilkie as a musician you, you run your own merch tool and we're always keen for a blether I believe that means a talk even though you're in your own words socially awkward indeed and now as a prominent podcaster and moving into acting have you noticed any change in the demographic of your fans I can't really answer that because I've never really paid attention to to demographics I know that on Instagram because they've got a thing now that just tells you stuff Instagram I've got 59 oh big bit of wind 59% men and 41% women and my, the, the, the majority of my audience on Instagram are between 18 and 35 I think or maybe 20 and 40 25 and 45 I don't know but yeah I've always enjoyed having a, a, a varied demographic at the live shows we always had that because I started off doing spoken word and doing all sorts of unusual stuff but then then we also did some hard hip hop gigs and stuff like that So and we did a lot of underage gigs um, so yeah we've always had a real range of fans so that's dope um, other than that I don't really know I know that since I'm working with Tom Hardy and Kurt Sutter they're the two that I've noticed I've got a load of of Tom Hardy fans and Kurt Sutter fans that have have, have popped up which is dope because they're two people that I love dearly and continue to give me amazing advice and guidance and inspiration so that's cool Ian Howard do listeners suggestions for guests have any influence or is it really just down to your choice it's not really down to my choice it's down to who's available and who I can get hold of listeners suggestions have more influence if you tag the person that, that you're suggesting in them because then there's a dialogue opened, you know, or it's letting that person know that you'd like to hear them on my podcast rather than me just going, oh, I've got a podcast, do you want to come on? Um, 
So yeah, it's down to that really. I do have a long, 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 long list of guests that I'm still nowhere near getting through. And that's one of the questions later on, I think. So when I get to it, I'll just read your name, mate. But yeah, there's still a long list of people I want to get through. The question was asking if I want to start revisiting previous guests. And I'm not mad, mad keen on that. I might do one or two. But I like... There's so many good conversations to be had and selfishly I want to have new ones so yes Jack Petullo Pip two part question what are your favourite MMA podcasts and more importantly have you thought about adding an MMA based podcast to the Distraction Pieces Network I haven't I would add one if Dan Hardy wanted to do one and wanted to, to be on the network but when me and Jean Grey were chatting the other week I played one of her songs and it's got a line in it that's something along the the lines of I'll never take the opinion of a novice or something like that I can't remember what it is but I've always I like that line because it sounds cold and harsh but and this will come round I swear I have a lot of people like I had a, a, a guy the other week who was saying he didn't like a particular episode and I should do I should do my podcast a certain other way and I said to him, no, 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 that means you, you should do a podcast that way. Because re- I really like how I do the podcast. I'm happy with it. It's working. But if there's something that you want done done differently, then go out and do it yourself and make it happen rather than type it. And this guy tweeted saying, well, well maybe I will then. And I wanted to reson- respond all snidey and say, I'll be interested to see in a year if this is just a tweet or if you actually got up and did it. And I like people to do that. But the reason I come round here is the novice line. I think there's some really good MMA podcasts out there. The Fighter and the Kids, and thus the Big Brown Breakdown, which has become the MMA leg of it. Charles Sonnen's You're Welcome is great. Uh, Joe Rogan is now doing an MMA-specific episode every week or two of his podcast. And that's great. And they're all real experts on it, or ex-fighters. And that's something that I think is really valuable. I think there's already enough shows that I don't particularly listen to too much, if I'm honest. But there's already enough shows of just fans talking about stuff. I don't think I can add to that. You know, I know know there's a lot of interview podcasts, but when Distraction Pieces started, there weren't a lot of interview podcasts in the UK, not 60 to 90 minute ones. Um, When Tuesday Night Jaws started, there weren't a lot of podcasts that were doing round tables in the way that, that Jim does when Say Why to Drugs started. It was the only one doing that. The Stuff on Search podcast, only one doing that. Um, and Hardcore Listing was the, is the only one that's doing these top fives with interesting guests and having guests on to pick top fives that aren't just, here's my top five of my songs or anything like that. So it's all about that. Whereas Dan Hardy, I think, is one of the greatest minds in MMA at the moment. And... Uh, I also, on the network, I only add podcasts that are people who were previously guests and I've kind of encouraged to start a podcast. So I don't want to just t- take on established podcasts or anything because they're already doing their, their thing. That's wicked. The point of Distraction Pieces is to give a kickstart and leg up to people that I've had on and I thought, whilst I don't particularly like having a repeat guests, I want to hear from that person more regularly. So yeah, if Dan Hardy wanted to do one, I'd facilitate that in any way I could. If I don't think I know anyone else who'd be up for it, 
But yeah, that's the answer to that. Paul Morris, are you a fan of film remakes in general? And are there any you think are better than the originals? I'm a fan of them. I'm the fan. Of, uh, I'm a fan of the good ones. What I'm let's get this this worded better. What I'm not a fan of is people getting angry about stuff that hasn't happened yet. So when a remake is announced and people are furious, so that's not happened yet. There's loads of things, particularly in the world at the moment, that are worth getting angry about that have happened. Let's get angry about them, and then we can get angry about the stuff that hasn't happened once it's happened oh it's like it's like there's a helicopter landing if if this sounds good to you guys then this is the best advert for redhead uh sound guard things ever yeah do you know what i mean though do you get me um let's not i, I don't like when people are furious about the idea of a remake ones i think are better than the original Hard to say. I don't know. I've not had time to think or prepare. So, yeah, I'm not really sure there. But I'm sure there have been. Um, I thought a, a, a Let Me In was really good. I didn't think it was better than Let The Right One In. But it's an example of that told a story that's great in a brilliant way and opened it up to a lot of people who wouldn't have seen it. So, yeah. That's my thoughts on that. Steve... A macadam. Oh, a leaf! A leaf literally just landed on the microphone. How exciting! Autumn. Wow. Um, Steve McAdam, do you ever feel demonised as a Millwall fan because of their reputation? Yeah, a little bit. Also, don't. I, I, I bought some new sh- a tr- tr- trainers a, a, a yesterday. I'll tell a quick story on that because I'm not meant to have nice things. I'm from a working class family. And I had this this expensive pair of trainers, because I, I work out five or six times a week. I got these expensive trainers, and they got quite sweaty, so I slung them in the washing machine because that's what we did with trainers, like when I was a kid. And it turns out that these ones have got all sorts of plastic in them, and they came out a different shape, and I, I ruined them completely. So I'm not meant to have nice things. So I went and bought a cheaper, not a cheaper pair, but another pair. It was cheaper. I don't know why I'm getting obsessed with price here. I went and bought another pair, and the lad in there was like, you're a Millwall fan, aren't you? And he'd send me down the den. Um, so, yeah, I, got, I had a good chat there. That was lovely. But, yeah, I do think Millwall fans are demonised because of the reputation. But I understand it because our reputation was previously earned through blood, sweat, and nasty cunts. Um, but we've also done a huge amount as a club to repair that again I've, I've made a, the point in the past that we were the the first club I believe to get the top qualification level of the kick the kick a racism out of a football program and again I will also be the first to say it's because we needed it the most so yeah I think we we are demonised but it's weird with Millwall we got promoted last season and I genuinely saw reports or tweets at least and reports saying disgusting scenes as Millwall stormed the pitch after a winning promotion mate mate seriously I've never seen a team get promoted and not have a celebratory pitch invasion you see it all the time but because it was Millwall it was disgusting scenes and I'll give the best example of this ever it shows what pieces of shit the Sun are but the Sun once did a a news report 
of uh, no a big article, a big two-page spread of a black reporter had gone to, uh, to Millwall, and it was his story. It was like my hell uh, as a black man at, 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 at Millwall. And again, I would highlight we've had loads of, of, of race issues, so I'm not saying there aren't any. But have a listen to this report. He reported how um, the Millwall fans were throwing up. Nazi salutes and chanting see Kyle uh, regularly throughout the game and I read that and I was like shit I've been going since I was five and I've never seen anything like that big article on it I was disgusted I was ashamed I was like let's deal with this let's kick people out I'm not I'm not embarrassed or I'm not against people calling out bad things of your team you should be as disgusted as anyone about it so yeah but they, they they later did a small paragraph a retraction because it was pointed out that there was an error and he had in fact mistaken the Brighton fans who either we were at their ground or they were at ours for the Millwall fans and they weren't doing Nazi salutes they were doing like you know when you go your shit your shit I'm doing an arm gesture just pointing when you all point in unison and they were chanting seagulls because they're called the seagulls that's their name seagulls not Siegheil, Seagulls. So we got the wrong fans and completely imprinted some racism upon them that wasn't there. And that retraction was a tiny paragraph after a big two-page spread of the racist Millwall. So yeah, it's also, a lot of people ask, um, a lot of people think that the record label, my label, Speech of Element Records, our, our slogan is, is oh, we may not be for you and that's fine. They are, a lot of people ask if that's a, P- a POS a reference because he's got a song where he says the line um, and we are not for them and that's cool and it's it's not a, a reference to that I don't know if it's, it's subliminally got in there but the, the we may not be for you and that's fine was kind of a polite rewriting of the Millwall uh, m- motto which has been on our shirts in the past and on our ground which is no one likes us we don't care yeah so that's that that's where the slogan comes from um, but Equally, we've ended up having POS on the label. So, you know, I've been a fan of him for, for a long time, so any association there is lovely. Johnny Blazed, any chance of that you will re-release no commercial breaks on vinyl? No. I mean, number one, it's, it's currently impo- impossible because I never released it, so it wouldn't be a re-release. <laughs> um, but no, in all honesty, vinyl costs a lot to make, and we've, we've got a vinyl special coming up the week after next or next week depending on when this goes out um some twins on on scooters a little a visual for you there in, in matching clothes um yeah um yeah vinyl so it costs a lot and most people that make it are unreliable as fuck i mentioned this on the previous one i worked with <laughs> I keep hating on them because I want. I'm happy to shame them publicly. I, I worked with twice. I worked with a, a a vinyl presser called Disc Wizards, and twice they were late, which I can deal with. If late happens, it's late. But then they just go. They they just go quiet and give me no, no suggested delivery date and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, what people don't realise often is that speech development records is is me. Like on the on on the on on the back end of it, so it's me funding it, it's me taking all the risks and me doing all the work, essentially, as I discussed in last week's Ask Pip. So, 
yeah it's just not something that's 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 a viable one right now i just i missed the 10 year anniversary actually so maybe i could have done it as a 10 year anniversary thing but equally actually i'm not a big fan of no commercial breaks that's my my least favorite of my records because it's the first thing that i recorded and i think my voice has changed a lot my writing's changed a lot my delivery has changed a lot i'm proud of it a thousand words and rat race i think are some of my best bits of writing but i don't like i can't listen to it i don't listen to any of my own stuff but that's ones that if it came on somewhere i I cringe a little bit so yeah that's the answer to that aaron corrie if an indie production company I wanted to use some Dan Lesac versus Scroobius Pit for a short film. Who should they contact? Uh, they should contact Touch Tone Publishing or Tummy Touch Publishing. Um, that's who published all of our stuff, so it's up to them. It's, it's an interesting one because people often think or are surprised that an artist can't just say, yeah, yeah, go ahead. But we can't, and I'm fine with that because the reason we got to do all these records and all this stuff is because other people believed in us and invested in us. So, Sunday Best Records, or Touch Tone, slash Tummy Touch, they deserve to earn from any of this stuff, because they took the risk, and I'm sure they've, they've made it back, back now. We've done all right. We've done all right. We sold some records. Um, but yeah, I'm a big believer in that. I often have people think I'm big time in them. When I would tour, if they hit me up for a gig, I'd say, you need to talk to Chris Hearn at Coda. But the reason for that is Chris was our booking agent from day one. And he got us... Our first ever proper tour was supporting Mark Ronson. Yeah, our first ever big support was Mark Ronson. And that kicked us off. And Chris got us that. And we got paid for it. We would have done that shit for free. And he booked all our tours. And he got us headline slots on stages at Reading and Leeds and at Glastonbury. We got to headline stages at Reading, Leeds and Glastonbury. And that's because of Chris. Our our work as well, but because of Chris. So... I never want to do a gig that isn't going through him and giving him some some money in his pocket and some kudos and some love because you've got to respect the people you work with. But people I understand will read that as if I say, oh, you have to t- t- talk to my agent, they'll be like, oh, big time. It's like, no, it's quite the opposite, in fact. It's respect. That was a fiery answer, wasn't it? Ooh. Pete. Peter Barnes, who do you rate as the best wrestler currently wrestling in the WWE or otherwise? Um, in the WWE, it's got to be AJ, right? Outside of it, it's, I mean, this is obvious answers. Okada, Omega, I've only only watched their battles, but they're amazing. Will Ospreay, I've been watching for a minute. He, he came on the podcast over a year ago. Pete Dunne in the WWE, I really like. Alistair Black, I really like. A Velveteen Dream. I think Kevin Owens is one of the best to have ever done it. Um, who else outside uh, Matt Riddle Matt Riddle the reason he wasn't in my breakout year was because I saw him last year um, but Matt Riddle Jeff Cobb I think is about to make big, big waves in Japan uh, Keith Lee there's loads of really good people um, I'm trying to think who else I've mentioned CCK I've mentioned a lot of them um, Jimmy Havoc I think he's, he's one of the best in the business his, his psychology is just amazing it's next level it's um, it's fantastic and what I, I love about jimmy is he wrestles a style at a time when british wrestling has the eyes of the world on it and the wwe are scowling our nation for new signees jimmy r- wrestles in a style and a manner and as a character that in all likelihood is w- 
working himself out of ever working for WWE because it's not the kind of character that they would naturally go for. But he's the best at what he does, so he does that. Yeah. Anyway, probably Emma Bourne probably answered this before, but what are your favourite foreign language films? Oh, I don't know. There's tons. Lahaine, Irreversible, and um, and End of the Void, I adore. Um, tons. I wish I was at home. I've got my. I've got a little. I've got my section of, of foreign language films. Chaser is really good. Old Boy is obviously really good. Um, I got some some foreign language f- f- films in my films of the year. So watch this space for that. In fact, I'll tell you one. It's Raw. A film called Raw. That's going to be in my films of the year in, next week or in a couple of weeks, unless I happen to see a film, two or three films in the next week that that, that, that bump it out um, Train to, to to Busan we've talked about a lot maybe on Hardcore Listing we've talked about that a lot but yeah that's great there's loads man there's loads of good films out there let me go on I'm going to answer a couple more and then I'll go and get my train to uh, to Paris Derek Bell you've spoken to some amazing people on the podcast Ask him seemingly whatever comes into your head. How do you pick who comes on, and do you have an agenda in mind when you ask someone on? And is there anyone you wouldn't have on the podcast, and if so, why? Um, it's not as it's not whatever comes into my head. Um, I plan every podcast um, um, meticulously, but my technique is I tend to plan it the night before, so that it's all quite f- fresh in my head. So I'm not looking at notes, which then allows me to go off on tangents. Yeah, so that. Um, is there anyone I wouldn't have on I turn down, down people all the time um, my podcast isn't, isn't based on how, how famous you are it's based on if I think or, or even if I think you're a good person it's based on if I think I can get a good conversation out of you I think there's tons of other people who can do do better than me in certain as, as a situation I have a lot of sports people offered up and if it's a sport I don't know that much about it's why Beef Andrew uh, Beef Johnson, who was a great guest uh, this year, I held off on him for ages because I don't, I don't really watch golf, but I got to know him a little bit and learnt more and more about him, and he, he felt like a good one. And Rob Parker in, in rugby, um, so yeah, I turn down down people all the time. I've turned down an artist recently, a musician who's, who's one of the biggest in recent history in the UK, but I'm just not that into him, so I don't think I'm the right one for that. So yeah, that's the reasons I don't have people on. It's never an insult. It's never a dig. But um, that's it. Bum, 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 bum. He's got a lot more more questions in this one. That's why I went quiet for a bit. Uh, you seem to have a, a natural way of coaxing things out of people, and you input as much as you engage. Um, but would journalism, any other f- form of journalism, interest you? No, I'm not qualified. I've not I've not trained in that. I think you should train in these things. I don't consider myself a journalist. I'm someone who has conversations. Has has chats. Um, Jack M- M- Miller asks, "Are there any podcasts that you'd like to guest on?" I'm not sure I've answered that last week. I might be getting into overlapping territory, but yeah, I'd love to go on the Fighter and the Kids. I'd love to go back on Joe Rogan. I love going on Hardcore Listing and Tuesday Night Jaw. I did my first at Tuesday Night Jaw roundtable in ages uh, last week or this week, depending on when this comes out. And that was, as I said, I travelled back from Paris to ram podcasts and meetings and filming into three days and 
if I didn't absolutely adore going on there, I could have had some sleep. Doing the Tuesday Night Job podcast m- m- meant I could only have th- three hours sleep for that night. Um, but I love it, so I went on there. And, and Megan Cook, again, f- face off or con air and why? Well, the good news is we don't live in a world where anyone ever has to make that decision. Or you can have either. You can have both. They're both wonderful. I love them both. So, yeah. Have that. Um, I'm skimming through to see if there's any really important ones that I need to answer. I'll end with this one. Gary Mansfield. Can you remember the last time you learned something that made you adjust? No, I've answered that. There was another one. Someone asked me if if there's anything I want to improve or something like that. This is a good ending, isn't it? Just me going a bit quiet. Yeah, so, so someone else asked a similar question there. Ah, oh, where's this one gone? I'm sure there was. I'm sure someone asked if there's anything that you want to improve about yourself. If so, what? And I just I liked it because that shouldn't that shouldn't be a question. There should be always be things that you want to improve about yourself. I. But no, that was it. Is there anything you'd change about yourself? And that was my thought. Was I'd change? I constantly change things about myself because I want to constantly improve um, and get 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 better and better and stuff. I want to consciously it's weird the two the two just on the podcast front because because the, th- the thing that came to mind was i want to get get better and better at podcasting and i think in the last year i've improved loads subconsciously the biggest criticism i get on the podcast is interrupting people and talking over people and the biggest compliment i get the two i get most regularly is how i sit back and let people talk <laughs> And that allows them to, to get very relaxed and how enthusiastic I am and how excited I get. And that's this, again, it's, it's one of them is it depends which podcast you listen to at what point and what you're listening out for. I completely g- get it. Podcast is something you, that, that you listen to constantly. So any small thing could start, start to annoy you. So, yeah, I want to get better and better at that. But, again, yeah, the enthusiasm and excitement, the people who are loving that, Enthusiasm and excitement often manifests itself with a, a, a talking excitedly with someone and interrupting them. Well, not interrupting, but engaging and going, yeah, no, yeah, I, I think that... Blah, 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 and rambling on. So, yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? It's kind of... It's, it's finding the right ones. I, it's, I think it's important to hear criticism but not be... not let the opinions of strangers be your... Uh, your rule book or what you live your life by I listen to criticism and if you think nah you're wrong then go nah you're wrong ignore it but if you think oh there's some truth in that and what I've taken from that is there might be some truth in it <laughs> if I'm ex- it's if I'm excited if I'm excited I'm like yeah, uh, uh, yeah uh, and, and talking over over people and stuff but um, yeah I want to be conscious of that because s- certainly at the start the thing that I think was best about the podcast was how much I'd sit back and let other people talk and maybe it's because I've done so many now that I've got too relaxed or too confident yeah it's interesting I mean I'm analysing it now but again if anyone I don't need anyone to tweet me and say or message me and say no man you're really good it's cool keep doing what you do because it's just a bit of a self-analysis isn't it that's important right you should always be trying to improve yourself Um, and the podcast is part of that so yeah 
Um, I'm just about to hit the hour mark, so I'm going to wrap things up. There's something that people get annoyed at me saying all the time. And amazing, apparently. This year, amazing has been the one. Previously, it was, yeah. I'd say, yeah, 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 yeah. And now it's amazing. But it's because I'm amazed a lot. Because there's loads of awesome, amazing stuff going on. And I get to talk to these people. And again, as I've highlighted earlier, I'm not a particularly social person. So these podcasts are therapy for me, man. They they get me having conversations I wouldn't normally have or I'd choose not to have. Um, and they're exciting and eye-opening. And it's like, oh, man, I would never have spoken to this person in this way, in this depth. And now I get to. Amazing. So I'll say amazing a lot. So, yeah. That's all for now, I think. Um, let's play the little outro music and then I'll talk some more. There we go. There's there's the little outro music. This will probably be the last ask bit for a minute. Um, the photo, actually, I didn't bring the Polaroid with me. I told you I was being an alphabet forgetty um, or an alphabet-y spaghetti. Alphabet-y spaghetti. That's a better one. Um, I didn't bring the Polaroid, but I took two Polaroids in 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 Mello in France. So I've got a spare one. Ah, oh, I've not got it with me. Ah, shit. All right, there's not going to be a Polaroid. <laughs> I'll try and put the, the Polaroid up. I get back on Saturday for, for the club night. So I'll try and put the Polaroid up on Sunday. If this goes out on Friday. If it goes out the next Friday, the Polaroid. doesn't matter. None of this is important. Yeah, so here's what I'll do. I'll put this out on Friday. I might not mention it on socials. And then I'll mention it when I've got the Polaroid. How's that sound to you? Lovely. Lovely stuff. All right, then. All right, I'm going to be on my way. And I'll check you kids later. Thank you for tuning in. Please go to speechdevelopmentourrecords.com if it's not closed. Buy stuff. It's Christmas. It's good to get gifts. I've got signed books and DVDs. I'm sniffly. Also, I'm on social media. Blah, blah, blah. Next week, I've got Rick Edwards on, which iTunes advertised as last week. So... Hopefully people will still be interested in that, even though it wasn't out then. But it's a really good one. And the week after is either the vinyl special or the film special. And then it'll be drunk-ass time. There's a load of good stuff to come. Trust me. All right. Talk to you later. Be good. Ta-ta.